This week on episode 473 of Priority One, we trek out Star Trek's cinema shuffling, Prodigy's newest hire, and where our vagabond shoes won't be straying. In Star Trek Gaming, our friends, the women at Warp, share an invaluable resource for gamers, Timelines gets a mega event, and Modifius is raising a small fortune for Black Lives Matter. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 473 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded live on Tuesday, August 11th, 2020, and available for download or streaming on Friday, August 14th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. I'm Tony. And in our audio booth and live streaming this week, our chief engineer, Skiffy. Hello, folks. Finally earning that engineer name. <laughs> Walking the walk, talking the talk. Watch, the stream's going to crash right now, right as we're talking. Right as we're talking. Well, thank you, Skiffy, for learning and relearning, rather, how to live stream this broadcast. It helps me a great deal on Tuesday nights to keep my focus on the most important things. Captains, each week between episodes, we love to engage in conversations with you, our listeners, on places like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you aren't already following us on any of those, be sure to look us up. There we post things like community questions, special announcements, and more. Just search for Priority One Podcast on your favorite social media app and you will find us. Or email us. You can reach us at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. Captains, it's no doubt that our lives have been changed drastically since the start of the year, and we're still adapting. So, for those of you who continue to listen to us each and every week to get your recap of Star Trek news, thank you for inviting us and keeping us in your lives. We're so very grateful. We know that everything is just up in the air right now, but we are thrilled to be a part of your routine. So thank you very much. And for those of you who continue to find value in our show, be sure to check us out over at patreon.com forward slash priority one because other listeners like yourselves also find value in the show and want to see it continue to be produced. With their support, we can keep the lights on and continue producing the quality content you've come to expect every Friday. Or if financial support isn't in the cards, don't forget about sharing our show to all your friends. Hit that like, retweet, and or share button when you come across one of our posts. Or perhaps you'd like to join the team. We're looking for new volunteers to join the production. Specifically, we're looking for audio and video editors. For more information, visit PriorityOnePodcast.com or email us. That address is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Jim, what places? I don't know. Then let's check it out. Werner Herzog once said, I would travel down to hell and wrestle a film away from the devil if it was necessary. End quote. We Star Trek fans may need to get in touch with Mr. Herzog because 
The Star Trek film franchise is in a limbo, to say the least. You see, on Friday, August 7th, Deadline broke the story that Paramount's newest film captain, Emma Watts, was putting the Noah Hawley-led Trek film on ice. According to the piece, Watts, who formerly ran many franchises for Fox, was in the process of evaluating which Trek was most feasible for the studio moving forward. Hawley's film was put on the back burner in large part due to its plot. Quote, what we're hearing is that the Holly pick calls for a new cast and might be about a deadly virus, which might feel awkward given current circumstances, end quote. The Hollywood Reporter's sources confirmed the rumor about the plot, adding the virus wipes out vast parts of the known universe. So what's next? Is it all bad news? Are we never getting a new Star Trek movie? Not necessarily. See, Deadline also reports that Holly's film moving back may mean another often discussed Trek film could move forward. There are two options, and we've discussed them both ad nauseum. The first is a Star Trek film by Quentin Tarantino, which we'll get into in just a moment. The other, and according to Deadline, the most likely of the three candidates to get made, is the formerly S.J. Clarkson-helmed Star Trek Kelvin 4. The script brings back the Kelvin Enterprise and her crew, as well as Chris Hemsworth, as George Kirk. It was dumped in favor of Holly's pitch due to the high price tag that went along with bringing back the Kelvin crew. But according to Deadline, it, quote, might have the cleanest path toward a relaunch with an emphasis on boosting overseas gross numbers, which have never been the franchise's strong suit. These decisions will take place over the next few weeks, end quote. So stay tuned for the next chapter of this ongoing saga. I feel so liberated that I'm not streaming. Can you hear it in my voice? Can you hear it? Yes. I'm just so excited. I can tell you. I can tell you're as excited as Paramount is to make another Star Trek movie. That is that's as excited as you are. Nice looping that back in there. Yeah, yeah. That because they are they they have no idea what to do with this thing. The TV thing is taking off a little bit. I guess CBS is happy with the all access numbers. So I think they might be a little afraid of jinxing it. And cannibalization might not be a problem, but might be because people are going to think about their entertainment budgets differently than they used to, especially with Disney selling first run things on Disney Plus. I mean, I think everybody's scratching their heads here, and the overseas numbers is revealing to me too. They're not sure when the movie theaters are going to open up back in America and and what they're going to look like when they do. So they don't know what to do with a Star Trek movie. They just don't know. I've read that there are some theater chains, some major theater chains saying that if they don't open now, they will not. They just can't afford to at all. To be fair, the technology to emulate a home theater experience at home is not nearly as expensive as it was five years ago. So the concept of going out to the movies, I think, was on a downward trend as it was, and the pandemic just accelerated the end of the theater-going experience. What I'd like to see, personally, is the return of, like, drive-in movies, right? Like, those those very niche oh, yeah. experiential things. But... It's actually happening. It is. Going back to this, I feel like in 473 episodes that we've done, this is the first time that I've read something involving a CBS Viacom executive that sounded smart. <laughs> I'm really not trying to belittle all the other people who I'm sure are smarter than I am and certainly make more money than I do, but Emma Watts clearly is not willing to be reactionary with Star Trek anymore. 
since 2009 with JJ, I have felt that Star Trek's production has been reactionary. Marketing has been reactionary. This just feels smart to take a step back and go, you know what? Let's not just do something and call it Star Trek. Let's give some thought to the product that we're trying to present. And let's not have three people working on three different projects. Let's pick the one that we're going to do. Let's take the best pieces of each one and put it together in one thing and do that. Or shelf shelf everything and then come back to it in a year or two when we know what movie theaters look like. Now is not the best time you know, to be pushing forward with a pandemic virus-based story. I, it's a wise move. Wise move to pump the brakes on that one. Well, here's another thing that the devil's got a hold of down there in film hell. Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek idea is once again on uh, in trouble. Uh, he's one of the ones that might be canned. This idea has been around for a long time, is the Star Trekantino that we've uh, talked about on the show before. This week's deadline piece shed a little bit of light on that on-again, off-again film, including its feasibility, and more interestingly, its plot. Quote, Tarantino dropped out as director, but the project is still viable based on an episode of the classic Trek series that takes place largely earthbound in a 30s gangster setting. Might serve the franchise best as a Logan-like spin-off when the core franchise has been revitalized. End quote. So, according to Deadline, I guess Tarantino wants a piece of the action. Tarantino, as stated, dropped out as director, but still expressed excitement for the Michael L. Smith pen script. Tarantino told Deadline in January of this year, quote, I think they might make that movie, but I just don't think I'm going to direct it. It's a good idea. They should definitely do it, and I'll be happy to come in and give them some notes on the first rough cut. End quote. I call shenanigans. I absolutely call shenanigans. This whole Quentin Tarantino thing is just, let it let it die. No, 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 no. I call shenanigans on the 30s gangster thing. That's a lie. Someone has told them a falsehood because he's making the Enterprise C. He's making yesterday's Enterprise movie. They're saying this to throw people off the scent. Is anybody else curious how he's going to loop it back into the rest of his movies? Ha ha ha. He makes self-referential, you know, sides to, to that. Right, because uh, theoretically all of his movies live in the same universe or one of two universes. I mean, maybe that's where the, bo- the briefcase that Marcellus Wallace had. Sure, because it's a 1930s gangster briefcase that went back in time from, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Why not? It's a small warp coil. <laughs> I'd be okay with sharing the universe. Someone, Someone's passing off weird rumors, and this, that, that, that is not what the script is about. I got it. What if they play a clip of Kill Bill, and then it just pauses, and somebody walks out, and it, the Kill Bill was just a holodeck? Like the finale of Enterprise. Yeah, good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's already been done. Sorry. So I told you I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does bring us to our first community question this week. Would you rather see a fourth film set in the Kelvin timeline with folks like Chris Pine and the rest of the lot? What about Noah Hawley's pandemic pitch? What about this 2021 version of a piece of the action by Quentin Tarantino? It's a lie. Or perhaps it's time to rethink feature films. Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or just reply to our community question post on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Heading back to the small screen, Star Trek's upcoming Nickelodeon offering Star Trek Prodigy has a new creative lead, and it's Ben Hibben. Hibben has been creating CG animation for video games, shorts, and movies since 2005, having most notably directed the animated Tale of Three Brothers in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Along with his creative lead role, Hibben will direct and serve as co-executive producer on the Hagman Brothers series. Ramsey Naito of Nickelodeon Group said of the edition, quote, Ben's contributions to the world of animation are 
immeasurable, and we are so lucky to have his vision and creative genius on Star Trek Prodigy. As an incredible storyteller and a world builder with a distinct vision, his original approach paired with this beloved property will bring the characters to life in a whole new way, end quote. Hibben also expressed his excitement, saying in a release, quote, Getting the chance to work on an IP like Star Trek has been an incredible opportunity, particularly when partnered with the talented teams at Nickelodeon, CBS, and Secret Hideout, who have been pushing the boundaries of what animation and serialized storytelling for younger audiences can deliver, end quote. For another look at Ben Hibben's work, we suggest checking out Code Hunters. We'll have a link in our show notes, but as a heads up, viewer discretion advised. Yo, I think this is going to be the best Star Trek series ever. I don't know. I just have that feeling. The one on Nickelodeon is going to be the one to shame the rest. It, it might. I mean, it might. Yeah, I like his animation. It's really good. He's got a pretty narrow needle to thread, I guess. Uh, he's he's got to make it Star Trek. He's got to make it work for kids. And apparently it needs to be serialized, too, from that quote. So he's going to have to make a DS9 slash Discovery type thing that kids want to watch over the course of weeks, which means that they need the appropriate attention span. I wish him good luck, but if he pulls it off, that's that's a that's a trifecta. Well, Z is already dissing on Kurtzman because you know Kurtzman's gonna have his fingers in that pie. May- Hopefully uh, not, because it's a kids <laughs> show, right? Maybe he'll be like, ah, I don't want to mess with it. Like it's it's for kids. Maybe I won't touch it. I don't know. I mean, his name's all over everything else. Well, maybe his name, but I mean, it's like the DS9 thing, right? Like the 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 suits at Paramount and Rick Berman didn't understand it, and they were concentrating on Voyager, so they just let Ira Stephen Barry. Uh, get away with anything. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, we, don't, we don't care. Just do whatever you want. You're a troublemaker. Go away and do something. Maybe maybe this show will be that for the Star Trek uh, currently. Stop spreading those germs. I'm wearing a mask. Don't want to be a part of it. New York Comic-Con! If your vagabond shoes were longing to stray through the very heart of the Javits Center this October to celebrate Reed Pop's New York City Comic-Con 2020, well, you'll have to find another approach to melt away your little town blues. New York Comic-Con is cancelled. Well, at least the in-person experience. In a statement released on their website and on social media, Reed Pop said, in part, quote, New York Comic Con doesn't stop just because we can't do what we've done in the past. Instead, we look to the future. We may not be meeting in the queue hall each morning, but we're excited to join forces with our sister event, MCM Comic Con in London, to bring you New York Comic Con's Metaverse, our new online portal dedicated to delivering pop culture experiences right into your homes, New York Comic Con weekend. October 8th through the 11th. We are partnering with YouTube to bring to life four days of incredible content from the biggest studios, publishers, and creators in the business. End quote. It probably comes as no surprise that the in-person event was canceled. It would be more surprising, frankly, if they just pushed it back to, say, December. But it is disappointing. Now, for a full list of guests, be sure to follow our link in the show notes. Can't say I'm surprised. Nope. Are we surprised that uh, that uh, Star Trek Las Vegas hasn't been recanceled yet? No, but I'll give them till they'll do that in like September. Yeah, I'll give them to the end of the month. Besides, the casinos there are open and thriving. Thriving, right? Right. Oh, sure. So the Javits Center was being used as a 
hospital up until a few weeks ago, right? So it goes without saying that we are not out of danger. And it just blows my mind that other conventions across other states, <laughs> creation, hasn't canceled. And their force majeure clause must... Uh... Or well, because it's Las Vegas, the burden is on the reserving party because Las Vegas is like, this is what we do here, folks. We hold parties and conventions. That's right. The, the greed clause is excellent. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. When I've gone over the last several years, when I have gone to New York Comic Con, I really just go for the specific Star Trek events are there. For instance, Jamal in the chat makes a really good point. He says, my feet are happy, my wallet is happier, my need to con is kind of sad, but we'll get over it. And he's, you know, he's got a really good point is that, I don't know, after New York Comic Con is just so massive with so many people that sometimes it just feels impossible to get from point A to point B. So I might do like one day where I peruse the vendor hall, if that, to see if there's like something that I want to, that inspires me to purchase. But beyond that, man, I just, if it's not Vegas or a smaller local convention, I'm just not like thrilled about it. I just don't like to rub up against sweaty people. <laughs> you used to, but now you're scared to do stuff? No, I never did. I never, that's what I'm saying. I'm no, kidding. no. Even before COVID, this guy would wear a mask on an airplane. All right, that's 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 who that's who we're talking to here. I was wearing masks before it was a requirement. <laughs> so yeah, my wife told me the other day it's like the the pandemic is a gift to introverts everywhere. To some extent, that's that may be the case. I think it's people making good choices though. We like our entertainment, we like our cons, and we'd like to be able to go back to them someday. That means we have to give up this year's, which I think that's a wise trade. Absolutely. The good of the many outweighs the good of the few or the one. If Star Trek is going to do another thing for New York Comic Con, I'm hoping that they'll get a little more creative in what they present and how they present it. I know we're on lockdown, but I don't know that a script reading is entertaining unless it's a script reading of something that maybe wasn't seen. You know what? That would have been fun. Right, if for for Comic Con San Diego Comic Con, when, instead of a table read of an episode that actually aired, what about a scene that got cut? You know, or a scene that that you know you'll you'll have to watch on the Blu-ray. Or they recreated. They're recreating using their own stuff. That'd be funny. Or have them read a script from one of the previous series. Like make like make people be different characters. Right, you know that scene now. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like have the Picard cast do a DS9 episode or something like that. That I think that would be entertaining. They should do that. That's a free one. Take that one, Star Trek people. A fistful of data is read by uh, Discovery. Sure, exactly, absolutely. Someone has to play a cowboy data. Someone has to play cowboy Worf. Right. <laughs> I am not a married man. <laughs> you heard that idea here first, captains. Well, captains, that's all the news we have to check out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. Star Trek The Next Generation began the franchise's new era with a damning observation. For all it protests otherwise, humanity is a grievously savage race. Our first contact in Bozeman, Montana might not have happened if the Vulcans spent five minutes with an Earth history textbook. But given the chance, would you undo humanity's achievements to annul its sins? And would you want the Romulanisters involved? 
No, really, would you? Star Trek Timeline's upcoming mega event, the Capitoline Wolf, opens a strange new chapter in human-Romulan relations. During the Enterprise-themed event, players will see the history of an alternate Earth shaped by ancient Romulan influence, for good or for ill, and decide if humans should ever change. The event begins on August 13th with the Cultural Property Skirmish event with more details to follow. And look, we're not saying it was aliens. Disruptor Beam is saying it was aliens. Captain's quick reminder, there are approximately seven days left to purchase Modifius Entertainment's Star Trek Adventures RPG Book Bundle and support the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. As of this writing, the bundle has raised over $200,000 from almost 13,000 purchases. And whether you've been playing Modifius Entertainment's Star Trek Adventures from the start, or you've just been enlisted to Starfleet by that humble bundle, you might be excited by some other news this week. At least, you'll be excited if you've got faith. Faith of the heart. That's right, the NX-01 Enterprise and her famous crew have joined Star Trek Adventures with the latest PDF add-on for the game. The new release includes character sheets for everyone from Captain Jonathan Archer to Dr. Phlox, plus Andorian Commander Thylek Shran. It also brings you the statistics for the NX-01 Enterprise herself, so if your tabletop bridge crew is ready for the long road to the 22nd century, check out the new character pack. There's a lot to unpack, right? First of all, Modifius is in the publishing of books business, right? I can't imagine that they are a multi-million dollar company that earns incredible revenue. So for them to, to put this bundle together in support of something as important as the NAACP's Legal Defense Fund is just amazing. And all it took was for them to take their PDF versions and throw them up on their on this humble bundle platform. Didn't cost them very much. Sure, they're losing some money, but like you mentioned last week, Tony, I'm sure they're recuperating that in some kind of a tax break or whatnot. But two hundred thousand dollars? That's that's just amazing. That's amazing. So captains, please, as Tony explained it last week. Even if it's just to peruse these stories and and immerse yourself in Star Trek lore and storytelling, pick the, it's fifteen dollars for all this content. Hundreds of pages, literally hundreds of pages of stuff. Which also translates to hundreds of dollars if you were to buy these individually, right? All by themselves or in various packages. So for $15, you're getting a huge chunk of the Star Trek Adventures library. A um, huge chunk. And now keep in mind, when you do this, pay attention at the bottom of Humble Bundle. I, I don't think they're trying to be sneaky. I think they're trying to allocate funds in a way that they're not hemorrhaging money when putting these things together. But there are there's an option to adjust how much of the money goes to which organization. When I did it, I put the slider way up for the NAACP and, and lower down for Modifius and for Humble Bundle's production fees, whatever it is. So be mindful of that. Nevertheless, $15 to fight social injustice is a small price. It's not being sneaky. They really want you to adjust it where you feel comfortable because Modivius is chipping in their intellectual property. Humble Bundle is chipping in the marketing and the outreach. And then the charity is one that's supposed to benefit primarily 
from it. I think the way they have it set up is the charity is kind of the smallest piece. Humble Bundle's pretty big and Modiphius is pretty big. So, but it's there if you choose the custom donation that you make the contribution that you want to make. And that's why they encourage you to maybe spend more than $15 and then it, then everyone still wins and you can just decide who the biggest winner is so yeah it's it highly recommend it it's I, I i've bought lots of humble bundles over the uh, years i'm sure many of you have um but uh, we'd really like you to chip in on this one captains this next gaming news story isn't about any new game or new event in one of our favorite games instead we want to share a different story that came to our attention this week it's a story that we hope will be helpful to some of you and maybe even really important to others as reported recently by ours technical and shared with us by Sue from Women at Warp, a new type of text-based hotline has launched for gamers. It's called the Games and Online Harassment Hotline, and their mission is to offer free emotional support and help resources to gamers and game developers struggling with the unique issues common to the industry. Initially conceived by feminist frequencies Anita Sarkeesian, the hotline is solely purposed to offering a listening ear and support to anyone in gaming who might need it. As Sarkeesian puts it, quote, it's for people who make and play games, streamer, competitor, press, fan, my mom who plays Candy Crush. There's no gatekeeping here, no tests to get into our boundaries. If you're part of our space, we're here for you. Burnout by crunch, isolated, lonely, or depressed, facing online harassment, abuse, afraid that you've caused harm and want a place to talk that out, worried for your friends or colleagues, we're a space you can come to and talk some of that through, end quote. If you need to talk with someone about struggles you're experiencing in the gaming sphere, you can start by texting support to 23368 anywhere in the USA. Between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Pacific weekdays, they'll reply to your text. After a few automated questions, you'll get connected to a trained agent who will listen and offer help and resources if they can. You know, back in my day, we just had to deal with it. If you were harassed online, if you got uh, attacked, God forbid, uh, anything. And now we have tools at our disposal to help mitigate the realities that come with the gaming community and the reality is that a lot of it is a wild west of unmoderated hate whatever it is you're going through if you're going through something it doesn't have to be alone that is true that is true that is absolutely true that's all we have to cover this week in star trek gaming now let's see what's on screen as we review the first episode of lower decks on screen computer set star trek lower decks season one episode one Second contact on screen. To us, it's a new ship, a new crew, a new mission. But many things are oddly familiar aboard this Federation starship Cerritos. We're introduced to the ship via Ensign Devon Attendi and Orion, who is about to experience an interesting orientation. Helping to guide her are Ensigns Brad Boimler and Beckett Mariner. However, it's not long before calamity ensues aboard the Cerritos and down below on the planet Gallardornian. Boimler gets gummed by a vegetarian spider, Tendi has to pump a heart with her hand because a zombie plague has taken over the ship, and Rick Sanchez, I mean Ensign Mariner, is the only one with the wit to get shit done. Buckle up, captains, things are about to get swifty in here. Well, at least they'll try. We had the premiere of our second animated stint into the Star Trek multiverse. Wait a minute. This is the third. That's a good point. This is the third. We I did forget about the short treks. Good call there, Skiffy. Good call there. 
I mean, overall, this was very much an introductory episode, right? This was setting up the characters, setting up the people who we're, who we think we're going to follow throughout the course of this 10 episode journey. I don't know about you guys, but this, this is very workplace sitcom -y. Yeah, they're the holiday cleaners. Yeah. Hot banana. Hot banana. <laughs> banana hot. Banana hot. <laughs> banana. banana hot. That part was hilarious. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. I think that there is a clear indication that the people that are writing this are absolute fans of Trek throughout the generations of, of Trek. There were enough hints and clues and, and even the overall premise of this, the, the, the lower decks and the people that have to fix the replicator that's constantly replicating hot bananas. Uh, like That shows a level of passion towards Trek and a level of uh, attention to detail that uh, I don't think we've seen in modern Trek. Is that is that going to be enough for you to get you through the season? Like to have these small little homages and these satirical meta jokes about Star Trek? Is that what's going to get you through? Is that the journey you want to experience? I think they got a great start. I'm happy to go on this trip 22 minutes at a time. Like Skiffy said, 100% these guys know their track backwards and forwards. Even the Romulan whiskey thing, that was clearly a troll. It was blue, just like it's supposed to be, and the ensigns are like, it's Romulan whiskey. No, it's not Romulan ale, but they think it's Romulan whiskey because they're ensigns. They don't know any better. I don't get that. Can you explain that to me a little better? Yeah, it's not Romulan ale. It's supposed to be Romulan ale. It's blue. It's in a bottle. They're not supposed to have it on a star base. It's Romulan ale, but they both call it Romulan whiskey. But is that because it was called whiskey in another episode of Star Trek? And No, it's never been called Romulan no. whiskey. This is this is them riffing on it because they're these guys are ensigns they don't know any better i mean so i mean all the all the set pieces are are perfect and i even like every b plot has been promoted to the a plot and the a plots have been demoted to the b plots the rage virus on the ship is the b plot in this story the way they covered that was absolutely brilliant it's just going on in the background they were on their date which was an amazing date and they're just behind the table i can't believe my access codes didn't work during a red alert all of these things, they work just fine. But it's not, it's not like, uh, as long as you approach it, I looked I looked at this like the 2009 J.J. Trek movie. It's a popcorn summer action movie. Things are going to blow up. People are going to drive fast vehicles and, and, and fall off of things. Okay, that was, Star Trek 2009 was really good at that. This will be a perfectly adequate 22 minute long office comedy in the Star Trek world with all those trappings. That's what it's for. Enjoy it for that. I still don't think it was perfect. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sold on it. I'm about 80% sold on it. I, I loved it. I think it's exactly what it needs to be. It's exactly what I was expecting. Uh, the I'd say the only real issue I have with it is I can feel that sense of uh, them wanting to, to push the limits of what they can get away with. And I, I don't particularly like that anymore. I used to when I was younger, but I think I kind of grew it. The family guy used to do that. South Park's always done that. They're kind of on the cusp of that. Like what, There was a swear word that was left in and there was another one that was bleeped and I can't figure out why and and but i mean even just even just the monster sucking the clothes off of boimler okay i kind of get what they were going for uh, that didn't resonate with me yeah why do they have to create uh, dummies and take their clothes off and sit there in their underwear that didn't seem necessary but because it's ridiculous and it's and in an office comedy people sitting in trees in their underpants would be ridiculous and so that's why they did that I mean they needed they needed it to be ridiculous and and uh, Brian over on the other show Ken Shadow he said that what bothered him was like Skiffy saying they they're trying to find the line but they're under clear instructions not to cross it. I do need to say the one instance of swearing they left in was still used more fluidically than it was in Picard. Well yeah. 
but that yeah. wouldn't take much. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a low bar, Skippy. That's a low, <laughs> low bar. Oh, come on, Man. Elio. Don't just sigh. This is an audio show. Man. You have to make words with your face hole. Come on. I know. I know. I'm trying because I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go on it. a. I don't want to go on a rant. Do it. I don't wanna. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Look, you've mentioned several other animated series, several other animated series that are ingrained in pop culture history. I am fully aware that the concept of originality is hard to accomplish nowadays, but I think think that when I'm preparing these reviews, right, I am doing my darndest not to be just like, well, this sucks, right? That's not constructive criticism. I've gone on that tangent before. I'm doing my best to really hone in on what I think lacked and what I think the show could do better. If if this 10-episode journey is going to be nothing but meta humor about the Star Trek franchise, like... For instance, uh, the joke about um, the Batleth or, you know, the sound effects and the color schemes and the music and the other score. If this is going to be nothing but that, I'm going to have a really hard time enjoying this series. This is Rick and Morty without Rick and Morty. What makes shows like Rick and Morty great, what makes shows like Family Guy Simpsons great is that, yeah, there is... There's no question that there is some shock value humor. But more often than not, they do an excellent job at being either existential or just really satirical or, you know, doing that shining the mirror in your face kind of humor. Star Trek has, over the course of 60 years, done its best to be another, you know, reflection on humanity. If this show is going to be nothing but shock humor with nothing deep about it, I'm I'm not going to enjoy it. I I'd, I'd rather watch something else, right? I'm trying to look at this show not just as a Star Trek fan, but as a viewer, right? Would I watch this show on my own if it didn't have Star Trek on it? No. And I I I can't say I would. No. I, I don't think I would. This pilot would not grab me just like Solar Opposites, which I really wanted to like. I, I couldn't get past it. I could, I could barely get through the pilot. So I think that what we should all hope to see in this series is, yeah, not just Star Trek making fun of itself. That'd be great. Like that preview with the Bajoran, like going, come on, I want to blow it up. The, yo, you know that's what Worf thought on the bridge. You know, every time Picard said, no, Shields, no red alert. You know, like that's exactly the kind of humor that is heartwarming because we've lived it over 50 years, right? We've made fun of Star Trek in our own tribe in that way, and that's going to be great. But if the shock value humor is not going to do anything to inform or inspire or make you think the way that Rick and Morty does, for example, then what is the show? It's that. It's Star Trek making fun of Star Trek. It's the, it's all the B plots. All the little kids are like, why does the Star Trek world work the way that it does? That's it. And then then the other part that that's gonna come with is a lighthearted office comedy about when your mom is the regional manager and your dad is the president of the company. Because that'll be just hilarious. Robert Hurt says that Solar Opposites is Rick and Morty without Rick and Morty, and it's not fair to peg this in the same way. I don't see how it's not fair to peg it in the same way. It's by the same writer. And Mariner, for instance, many of Mariner's outtakes in this episode were, I swear I was watching Rick, right? She, 
one of the one of the key things that I remember distinctively that I can recall off the top of my head is at the very end. She goes on this incredibly long monologue, Rick-esque monologue about the adventures they're about to go on and about the history of Star Trek. And bro, that's the same that's that's exactly how season one ended. And she's even drinking, right? She's even slightly chipsy. All she needs to do is burp a few times and have some drool coming out of the corner of her mouth, and she's Rick. I really wanted to enjoy this workplace comedy, right, that that happened to be about Trek, but also inspired me in some way, right? Like, really, like, the deepest thing from this episode was when Mariner says uh, about being in a dark place that knows stuff. Like, that was the, that was, that was deep. Like, that was, that was, was, like, like, witty. Sure. Yeah. Right. That had that flash of brilliance there. And I hope to see more of that as the season goes on. Temper your expectations a little bit. The show is meant to be the bridge between the end of the Picard season and the beginning of the Discovery season so that people will keep their all-access subscription. That's what it's here for. That's what it's here for. That bothers me even more that, that again, it goes back to CBS being reactionary. This is their MCU strategy. Is it working, right? Are we getting are we getting quality content? Or are we just as Star Trek fans willing to be like, I love it all and I'm gonna consume it all. And I'm God forbid anybody has a dissenting opinion on it. I think that we should ask for more. We should ask for better. I think it's okay to do so without saying blanketly, oh, this is garbage. No, it goes a little bit more. There has to be a dialogue. There has to be an exchange. This resonated with me the same way that Robot Chicken Star Wars resonated to me as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, and that's nice in a in a short stint, like a a one episode thing. Twenty two minutes. Yeah, but we're gonna have a whole season of this. Only nine more episodes to go. You can handle it. There's like eighteen seasons of Robot Chicken. They're not all Star Wars. Elio, this show is a bag of jelly beans. Colorful, saccharine, sweet, and absolutely no good for you. But, you, but sometimes you just need a bag of jelly beans. You're right. This is very much a, a nice bag of jelly beans that you just don't, with with no label on it, you just don't know what you're going to get. I'm, I mean, I really liked it. I had issues with some things, but it's this first episode. I don't like the fact that the captain's her mom and the admiral's her dad. I hated I, that. Oh, I man. don't like that at all. That, that's just no. That's just no. I don't like that there's no juxtaposition, right? Everybody in that ship is is an employee at Best Buy (laughs) where I think that I, I think that it might've been a little more um, effective if the senior staff was in fact the senior staff, because right now this is the the Ceratos might as well be the Orville. Did the lower decks always sleep in hallways like that? Was that a thing? That wasn't a thing. Even, even in, you know, if you, that in Star Trek six, they were, they were in racks, but they were in, a room, like 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 a berth, right? They were in a, they were in a they were, yeah the sleeping in the hallway thing. Uh, okay, it's weird. It's like a tour that's bus. OSHA would have some things about that, and that's you know 21st century Earth. I mean, we're talking to Federation safety people. Those guys, you know, they should know better. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Last week, our first community question was, how did you watch the Lower Decks premiere? Over Zoom with friends? With a giant bowl of popcorn by yourself? On Twitter, Multiverse Tom writes, I watched it via Amazon Prime. 
I thought it was a funny show, very enjoyable, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. From Facebook, friend of the show Jamal Taylor responded that he watched Lower Decks via the CBS All Access app on his Android tablet, cast to Chromecast, because CBS All Access website kept switching shows and not actually playing the episode, which is most annoying at 3 a.m. Our second community question was... Who would you like to see appear in animated form on Lower Decks? From Facebook, Jamal also said, I would like to see Reg Barkley, Shelby, who should be a captain at this point, Dr. Salar, as well as Grand Nagus Rom and Lita. Would be fun to see Harry Kim, still yes. an ensign, and Dr. Pulaski be a hoot to see her and the Cerritos doctor grousing about, well, everything over drinks. I feel like they'd be best buds or old classmates. Harry Kim is still an ensign. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be hilarious. We have several people crying out for Q. Well, yeah, we are, we covered that though. He'll he'll be Discord from My Little Pony, and he'll pop in, and Rick and Morty are going to be chasing him. That's that's what's going to happen. Unfortunately, with no international distribution yet available for Lower Decks, because again, CBS All Access, many of our listeners like AJ Biega were not able to watch the premiere at all, which is a travesty in today's economic world, global internet of things. How is that happening? How? And finally, from the social media dungeon where Elio keeps him, Anthony was able to send us his thoughts etched into the femur of our last community manager. Of course he would. Uh, Loved the premiere. (laughs) The characters felt relatable while the situations were hilariously absurd. Mariner seems to be a little over the top, but I think she needs, for now, to be her own character to be able to grow. I can't wait to see more adventures from the Cerritos crew. I hope we get to see some of the lesser used, but often talked about characters from the TNG era like Audra the Con Woman, Captain Angelico, Dr. Zimmerman, Morn, or Grilka. Audra, the That's con a deep woman. I, That's cool. Look, yeah. Look, guys, I is that the one who becomes She's the, the de- devil. like she shapes yes. and is uh-huh. controlling the pan Yeah, yeah, I remember. That's a good one. Look, I am I I so desperately want to go on these adventures. So desperately. But personally, and, and this goes not just in what I watch, but also in what I do in theater i will not do something just to call just for shock value i just won't i won't if it doesn't inform the script if it doesn't inform the story i am i I won't do it i just won't and i've i have in fact in the past turned down roles or turned down a scene or so told the director look i'm not comfortable doing that i don't i it it and nor the director could explain to me how it informs it and therefore i'm saying look i'm not i'm not interested i don't want to do it that, that crosses a line for me. I'm sorry. And I've left shows for that reason. I'm not, you know, I'm prepared for absurdity in Star Trek in an animated series, but yo, inject inject some intelligence in it. You know, make me, you know, make me go, ah, damn, that's that was that was surprisingly good. Banana. Well, that wraps up episode 473 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For instance, like Ryan2000 on Twitter said, For your hors d'oeuvres, catch Daily Trek News. For your soup and salad, Larry Nemechek's Trek Files. For your entree, Mission Log Podcast. For some spicy indulgence, Women at Warp. For dessert, Priority One. And as an after-dinner drink, catch The Shabam Show. Wait a minute. As a dessert, which means we have no substance whatsoever? Are you kidding? People save room for us. How dare you, (laughs) Skiffy. Plus you get the coffee with it and stuff. Some desserts have plenty of substance, like pie. 
Oh, we're pie. We are so totally pie. I do not want to be pie. If we have if we're gonna be pie, <laughs> then I want ice cream on the pie. Oh hell yeah, you get ice cream on the pie. And whipped cream. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm absolutely. I mean it's dessert, yeah. right? Wow, I'm hungry. <laughs> I, know, I would like some pie, please. Why did we do this? So captains just visit podcasts you DoorDash pie? Probably. So captains just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for the complete menu of the Roddenberry Podcast Buffet. Then be sure to subscribe to them all and add them to your daily nutritional value of podcasts. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley and Peter Archibald. And here's a reminder of our community questions for this week. Would you rather see a fourth Kelvin film, Noah Hawley's Pandemic Pitch, or a 2021 version of A Piece of the Action? Maybe it's time to retire feature films in the Star Trek multiverse altogether. What do you think? Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters, Anthony, me, plus the rest of the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest news from Star Trek Online and the Armada community including spotlighting some of our amazing members. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times, and if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast would not be possible without the support of our patrons through Patreon.com. Our patrons are listeners like you, who find value in our show and choose to offer their financial contributions each and every month to make sure that we can continue to produce the quality content you've come to expect from week to week. And during these very difficult times, I have to say we are humbled by the support of our patrons. So thank you. And if a financial contribution is not possible, then please share the show with your friends. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editors, including Gray, Brandon, William, Rand, Daniel, Roscoe, and Skiffy. Also, Skiffy, thank you very much for taking the stream this week. I hope it wasn't as terrifying as you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I quit. This is my last episode. It's been nice knowing you all. <laughs> Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, and associate producer, Shane Hoover, with support from Thomas of the Priority One Armada. Together, they help us organize and write up our weekly summary of the headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our social media manager, Anthony Cox. Thanks to our graphic artist, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage.
Transfer complete. Wow. Can they do anything right at CBS All Access? I don't know. No. It's a terrible no, interface. No. no. Oh. Which is why they don't send us things, because we call them out on it. But you, but sometimes you just need a bag of jelly beans. Sometimes you just just pop a few I, in at a time. Yeah, but be that's, okay. I get my jelly beans. I get my I get my beans. My oh, beans this is, this satisfied took a turn. from this took a turn. From, <laughs> abort! Abort! <laughs> eject! Eject! Well, eject! Right. Would you rather sweat through puberty? Would you rather see a fourth? Okay. Would you? Ra wow. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, everybody heard it. It's obviously yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> and then we heard how you described it. And then I got a word picture in my head from your words. And that yeah, was not good. <sighs> Thanks to our social media manager, Anthony Cox, whose opinions don't matter to us. Thanks to our graphic artist. <laughs> oh, None of this would be possible. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. La 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 la. New York, New York. Those little town blues. And sin shoes. I'm leaving today. All right, buddy, stop. Banana podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network